From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged for June... Well, this will go up on June 12th, 2008. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined, as always, by my good friends, Julie Martin... Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi, and in the peanut gallery today is Will Perry. Kevin Close is going to have his review of the new Wave Restaurant at Disney's Contemporary Resort, and we have a new segment to introduce this week entitled, Let's Call and Harass Regina. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to pretend we're selling timeshare or something? (laughs) (laughs) Nah, she knows we're calling. Well, Um, and she knows. She can see it's from Orlando, Florida. Yeah, she's going to know it's us. Yeah, because there's no timeshare people in Orlando. So we have all that plus uh, this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Uh, we do have uh, a few housekeeping uh, items that I want to uh, I want to go over. Um, first, I want to say thanks to Mike Scott, who is uh, Mike Scott Eight on the boards. Uh, he is from the Disney Podcast Directory and was very nice and put together a compilation of the uh, condolences. Uh, given out on some of the other podcasts after Bob passed away. And I thought uh, before we went any further at the top of the show, we'd go ahead and listen to that. So uh, here is what Mike uh, very nicely put together for us. Hey there, Diz Unplugged team. This is Mike Hamilton from Disney Podcast Directory, located at www.disneypodcastdirectory.net. Being a listener to nearly every Disney podcast that is available, I wanted to compile a few of them who pass along some thoughts and condolences after Bob's passing. I know from listening to Diz Unplugged since the first version with a overproduced wacky morning DJ feel that you said you don't listen to other podcasts, let alone Disney podcasts. Because of that fact, I wanted to do a little part and help make sure that you heard these comments from fellow Disney podcasters. First off is Brian Ripper, who along with Jonathan Dichter co-hosts the All About the Mouse podcast, which can be found at allaboutthemouse.com. Well, Jonathan, uh, first thing I want to bring up in the Disney news this week, and it's not uh, specifically Disney-related, but it kind of is, and it's a little bit of sad news. Uh, anyone who listens to the Diz Unplugged podcast regularly has uh, surely heard of uh, Bob Varney. Bob is actually one of the co-hosts of the Diz Unplugged, as well as uh, one of the webmasters of the site, which is a fantastic site, I have to say. And I've recently become a listener of the Diz Unplugged show, so... Um, I was really shocked this morning uh, whenever I got online and I opened up my email and some listeners had emailed me to inform me that Bob actually passed away Monday afternoon. Uh, He apparently wasn't feeling very well and uh, they thought maybe he was suffering from some kind of food poisoning. Uh, His wife came home later that evening and found Bob in the bedroom and he had apparently passed away hours uh, before she found him. So this is really, really sad. Um, Bob's memorial service, just as an FYI, uh, will be held on Saturday, May 3rd at 3 p.m. at the Becker Funeral Home in Claremont, Florida. 
the family will be putting a slideshow together for the funeral service. And uh, any listeners and fans are being asked to email any pictures that they would like to send in of Bob. Uh, and we'll put the email address for that up in the show notes so you can actually send in those pictures uh, if you'd like to. And uh, I know Bob is definitely going to be missed in our little online community here. And uh, his friends and family are definitely in our thoughts and prayers. Up next is a fairly new podcast. It's been going since March of this year. found it fairly recently and have not yet had time to add it to listings on the directory site. And that podcast is the Be Our Guest Podcast, which can be found at beourguestpodcast.podbean.com. All right. Well, before we get the show started today, we do have to mention something that isn't so happy. It, it's been a tough uh, week for some of us that hang out on the Diz boards and uh, listen to another podcast called the Diz Unplugged. Um, we had a uh, sudden death happen here in the Diz family, and it was uh, one of our fellow podcasters named Bob Varley, who is a podcaster on the Diz Unplugged. And the circumstances with his death, we really don't know exactly what happened, but we just want to send our uh, condolences and, and our prayers to Pete. Kevin, Corey, and Julie from the Diz Unplugged and their families because we know it has to be a hard time. They're a very tight community, and uh, I always really enjoyed hearing Bob with his uh, accent and his love for Disney World. And he had the cart cam, and and he had so much personality and added a lot to that. So we're going to miss you, Bob, and uh, thanks for everything you did. So let's keep our prayers and and our thoughts for those folks over on the Diz. The next podcast is one of the longest-running Disney podcasts, having started in March 2005. That's fellow Orlando-based podcaster Ricky Briganti and the Inside the Magic podcast, which can be found at www.distantcreations.com slash Inside the Magic. Okay, I'm sorry. Are we the only ones who don't play music? <laughs> I was going to say, I want music behind me now for every time I talk. <laughs> sorry. First up this week, we have an email from Angie from Murray, Kentucky, who says a Dizboard podcast member, Bob Varley, passed away very unexpectedly. The entire Diz community is devastated, and since he was a fellow Disney podcaster, I thought you should know, Bob was beloved. He was a great video uh, videographer and photographer who loved the Disney parks and posted great information and fun pictures and videos on the Dizboards and on YouTube. Rest in peace, Bob. Angie. Thanks very much for letting me know. It's terrible to hear that a fellow Disney fan, a fellow Disney podcaster, and a Disboard member has passed away. My condolences go out to all of his friends, family, online friends, and everybody over at the Disboards and uh, as a member of the Diz Unplugged who knew Bob. He'll definitely be missed in the community. And finishing up this compilation is Lou Mangello, author of the Walt Disney World Trivia Books, former co-host of award-winning Mouse Tunes Podcast, and now host of award-winning The WDW Radio Show, which is located at www.wdwradio.com. Before playing the voicemails this week, I want to take a quick second and just say that I came to learn that earlier in the week, Bob Varley, who is a podcaster over at the Diz Unplugged, unexpectedly passed away, and I wanted to extend... My sincere condolences, not just to Bob's immediate family, but his extended family over at the Diz. Because, you know, I know that podcasts, I think, allow us as hosts and and you as listeners to connect in a very sort of personal way, even though we may have never met one another. And it seems like that's the relationship that Bob had with his listeners. I never got a chance to meet Bob personally, 
um, but I could see from the outpouring of support um, how important he was to so many people. And, you know, it's always sad when somebody passes, but when we as a community lose a fellow member, uh, it's even sadder. So I wanted to just take a moment, let you guys know, and again, once again extend my condolences uh, to, to Bob Varley, everybody over at the Diz, and, of course, Bob's extended family as part of the Disney community. In addition to the thoughts and condolences I just played, I wanted to add my thoughts and condolences as well to all of you at the Diz, as well as Bob's family and friends. Keep up the great work of the podcast, and I hope to meet some of you in person during one of my upcoming Walt Disney World trips. I'll be visiting for a week in early September with the family, and I'm hoping to make a solo weekend trip for Mouse Fest in December. This was Mike Hamilton from www.disneypodcastdirectory.net. Well, thank you uh, very much, Mike, for putting that together. Um, but uh, that was really, really nice uh, of you to put that together, and I want to thank all of the uh, the other podcasts who extended their condolences to us. I, I really do appreciate that. I know uh, Bob's family appreciates it as well. And I just wanted to make sure that we played that and uh, just said a public thank you to everyone. So... Uh, all right, we're going to move on uh, to another housekeeping item. I need more voicemails, people. <laughs> we didn't do a, an email show for a month, and some of the voicemails that I did have kind of got a little stale. They were kind of time-sensitive. I couldn't really use them now. So I would appreciate it if you want to get your voicemails on the show. Um, give us a call toll-free, 877-310-9662. And uh, as with emails, if we play your voicemail on the show, You'll get your own Diz Unplugged t-shirt or a pin and lanyard, your choice. And then at the end of the month, we select one listener whose voicemail we played on the show or email we read on the show, and that person gets a chance to pick a number. So I'd appreciate it if you'd give us a call and leave us some voicemails. Uh, I also need to say thank you to Brian in Virginia for that list. He, uh, he put together a spreadsheet of not just all our shows, but... Each segment we've done since the very beginning and the time code where you can find it uh, in the show. It's an unbelievable list that had to take a ridiculous amount of time it is. to it's put crazy. together. Um, and I can't thank you enough, Brian, uh, for doing that. That's a, a tr- just a tremendous amount of work. And uh, we are going to make that available to everyone who wants it. It'll be a link, a permanent link on the uh, uh, show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. And. Uh, yeah, it's a great resource. It actually, you know, really will help me out when I need I've to find it. certain things. I've used it. I've used it too, yeah. So I really appreciate that very much, Brian. John, did you have something? I just wanted to mention that uh, we do have Wednesday night is podcast chat night on the boards. So folks, come and join us on Wednesday evenings. Um, they've been great. We've been having a lot of fun. The what, chat goes really fast. The time? Really fast. <laughs> really fast. Uh, it's scheduled for 845 to 10.30 p.m. Alex is having some, some trouble with the scheduling of the chat software, so if we start a little late or a little or an end a little late, don't be too upset about that. The official chat is from 9 to 10. That's supposedly the official moderated chat, so we start a little bit earlier than that and end a little bit later. And, and that's Eastern time. Eastern time, correct. And we have a good time. We had over 40 people in there last time, right? We had 58 people. At its, <laughs> That's crazy. At wow. Its peak. Yeah, so and we're not really even pushing it that hard. If you're expecting conversation, it's more of... It's, it's, it's well, you know, it's also an option, too, that you know, if, if, if the room gets too busy, 
we can you know open up a second or a third room if we need to and do overflow. So, and I will say this: I've been trying to release a little bit of information each time we chat. So, if you're looking for some info, we gave out uh, one night. We told people that uh, Kevin and I are in the Walt e- Walter E. Disney suite, so people are excited about that on our podcast cruise. So, cool. They can, they can come by and look at our door. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, are you sure you want to let people know that? That's yeah, all right. <laughs> Well, you told them where you were too. Yeah, really. We drew them a map. Actually, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do a uh, we're going to do a dedicated a, se- a separate show, uh, just dedicated to the podcast cruise, discussing some of our upcoming plans. They'll be excited about that. What we're going to be doing with the podcast cruise, and like I said, I'm going to do it as a separate show because um, when we were talking about it a lot on the show a few months ago, some people were like feeling bad that they couldn't they weren't able to join in. So as they should. I don't want to. I don't want. Well, stop. There. Are, sometimes people just can't do it. So I don't want to rub it in, any, in anybody's face. So we'll put it up as a separate show so those who want to listen to it can listen to it without hearing podcast crews 500 times. So um, thank you for that. Kevin, you had something? I do. A couple of our listeners have written to me, and it's been brought to my attention that I might have missed the glory days of the Sand Trap Bar and Grill. Since the announcement of the Four Seasons Resort and the new homes going in there, it's pretty much been a death notice for the sand trap bar and grill yeah i guess that makes sense their staff has left their um, kitchen staff has left their wait staff so they're telling me that what i reviewed was really a shadow of the former sand trap bar and grill and i had never been there before i only have what a shame one experience but they're that's what i've been told so i wanted to thank our listeners um for letting us know mike and brent wrote to me and let me know that I might have missed it. Oh, cool. Oh, you know what? Don't I? I didn't want to. I cannot forget to uh, mention this. We're going to be moving uh, the days that we put the shows up. Um, instead of putting the discussion show up on Tuesdays, it's going to go up on Wednesday, and the email shows will go up on Thursday. And uh, the reason we're doing that is because uh, my partner is dragging my fat behind to a personal trainer, and I've got to keep a pretty strict schedule with that. I need to lose weight for that podcast cruise. I cannot be big fat guy on the ship. So that's why we have a large stateroom. Yeah, I needed. I needed <laughs> to like make the, us look thin. I needed the Roy the, the Roy Disney suite so that yeah I could feel petite. We have the we're like lobsters. We grow to the size of our container. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make an announcement? <laughs> now they know where you're staying. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't tell anybody. Yes, that. we have. We have both. We have both suites on the podcast cruise. I think we did, though. I think we did mention that in one of the earlier shows. Maybe. Well, we've mentioned it now. Who cares? <laughs> now they to? know where you are, too. Yeah, well. <laughs> you grow to the size of our container. That explains it. <laughs> get the bigger house. Get the bigger car. <laughs> uh, yep, no, no issues with weight here, right? Um, <laughs> um, all right, that's going to be it for housekeeping. Unless anybody else has another housekeeping. Okay. That's it for the 20-minute housekeeping segment. Um, We're going to move on to the news, our first news story this week. Airline woes could spell trouble for Disney, with airlines cutting back on flights due to increased fuel costs. An analyst for the Pali uh, Capital Research Investment Firm is speculating that it may have serious impact on travel to Orlando. According to the report, an estimated 8.4% of the seats on flights to Orlando will be cut beginning this October. With domestic flights accounting for the arrival of 35% of Disney's visitors, it is felt the airline woes will carry over and result in a drop 
in attendance and resort stays. To date, Disney has reported robust numbers despite current economic conditions, based in part to an increase in international visitors taking advantage of the weakened dollar. Uh, this is something I think everybody in town is worried about. That's a large number, 8.4%. 8.4% of the seats on flights to Orlando will be cut as of starting in October. That's a lot. Um, I, I'm sorry. I, I agree. I think this is definitely a problem. I know Las Vegas is already facing this problem. However, I think the word I think by putting the word Walt Disney World in their disclaimer or their, their their title, I think that draws more readers to their article too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I, you know, look that it has to be said that you know the cost of jet fuel has gone up sixty percent in the last year. Uh, the airlines, while I'm no big fan of the airlines, I understand why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, their business model isn't meant to support. Uh, oil at $135 a barrel. I don't think any of our <laughs> business models are uh, were set up for that, but especially not the airlines. And uh, they're having to take older planes out of service in deference to newer, more fuel-efficient planes. It's it's really it's a mess. It's a mess, and they say it's going to get worse before it gets better. And who knows what's going to happen. But we're going to do – actually, I have a segment I'm going to be doing next week on next week's show about uh, – about airfares and some strategies you can use to get uh, better better deals. There are still deals out there. I mean, even though you know the the rates are going crazy, there are deals to be had. You're just going to have to work a little harder at it than you may have had to do a year ago. But I will say this: if if you're planning on on coming in the next year, buy your tickets now. They're only going to get more expensive. It's not going to go down. Keep an eye out on your flight. Because you don't want to be in a situation where you've purchased your ticket and then find out that your flight's been canceled. Even after you've purchased your ticket, you should keep an eye on it. That's what I meant. Related to that, um, with the flights, uh, Disney's having a problem with their Disney Magical Express and flights because of the extra charges that the airlines are charging for bags. Um, The company that Disney goes through for their Disney Magical Express is having problems because they can't charge guests for the bag extra bags are the initial charge now that some airlines are charging. So um, what I understand is... Oh, yeah, that's got to create a logistical nightmare for them. It's a logistical nightmare for them. What I understand they're doing now is they're actually waiving a lot of those fees, but pretty soon, don't be surprised to find when you go to check in either at your resort or on the cruise ship, someone is going to be there to take money for those, for your bags. It's getting nuts out there. It is. Now, did you see that hoax that was perpetrated by, I think it was the Philadelphia Inquirer? They put that big full-page ad in for Derry Air, an airline that was going to charge by the pound. <laughs> and and it got picked up. It got picked up as serious, which is exactly what they wanted because they just wanted to show the marketing strength of their of their newspapers, which is pretty ingenious. But, you know, I think more than a few, you know, legitimate mainstream news organizations got caught with egg on their face. <laughs> Um, because they were reporting it as as a real as a real story, so but uh, but that was pretty funny. What did they say it was going to be? It was going to be between a dollar eighty five and two twenty five a pound to fly from like Boston to Los Angeles. Was it based on your like Chuck or sirloin? Like, yeah, like you'd have to get you'd have to get on uh, you'd have to get on a scale. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But all right, our next news story is Google Earth has launched a three D look at Walt Disney World. The much-anticipated launch of Disney World on Google Earth has begun with 1,500 3D images now available. Uh, Via Google Earth, users can access Disney's Hollywood Studios, Epcot, the Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and the Disney Resorts. And you can access this at DisneyWorld.com forward slash 3D Parks. We'll have a link to that 
on the show notes page. Uh, you do need to download uh, Google Earth software. Even if you already have it, there's a new version you're going to have to download in order to run this. And it's pretty cool. I've been having was, a lot of fun with it. I've been playing around with it. it is, it's actually very, very cool. I've got to give them credit. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was going to be chumpy or not. Have you, have you guys done it? I, I am so lazy. I got to the point where they said download additional software. <laughs> I, I said, I just can't. I don't have time for this. Corey will tell And then me people how wonder why he doesn't, want, you know, he doesn't go to MouseFest. <laughs> he doesn't have time to download software. Uh, I've got to hit the button that says OK. I can't do that. <laughs> Select the location. You are getting more and more like your father with every passing day. I know. Look what Kevin has to look forward to. I haven't even, I'm not even going to pretend I've looked at it yet. Will, did you, ch- did you check it out? No, of course not. Oh, you need I to, can go to really the real cool. Disney World. I saw it on Corey's computer. <laughs> <laughs> now so I'll, you and I. Now I'll have to go to the parks. I could just check it out. Yeah, really. <laughs> so I think that's pretty cool. If you haven't checked it out, absolutely go. Go see it. It's pretty cool. And in each section, when you zoom into the certain areas, they have actual, uh, actual photos. That photos other, or videos, yeah, yeah that will open up. Upload. So it was really cool. And our last... Uh, new story this week: The Universal Blaze, the Blaze at uh, Universal Studios uh, Hollywood, blamed on a blowtorch. The cause of the weekend blaze at Universal Hollywood Studios is being blamed on a blowtorch being used by roofers. The crew had used the torch to heat asphalt tiles while working on the roof of a movie set. Upon completing the job at 3 a.m., they remained on site for about an hour and left to take a break. A security guard then spotted the blaze at around 4:43 a.m. Lost in the Fire was the King Kong attraction, which is not coming back. Uh, back to the Future's Courthouse Square and a street scene featured in Spider-Man 2 and the Transformers. Additionally, up to 50,000 videos, including every film made by Universal, were consumed by The Blaze. Universal CEO Ron Meyer has stated that they have duplicates of the films that were lost. When the theme park reopened the following Monday, tourists reported a heavy smell of smoke. As the tram passed firefighters who remained on the site, visitors applauded their efforts in saving the studio. The tram quickly passed the scene of the fire, but a platform provided a view of the extensive damage. And Universal does plan on rebuilding the New York streetscape and has announced that King Kong will be replaced by a new attraction, which I kind of, when I heard it, it had gone up in, in flames. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> that's the end of that. <laughs> they're not going to put, they're going to build another one. So. But at least they know what caused it. And thank God it didn't get to the, uh, to the theme park. So, And that will do it for the news. We're going to move on to rapid fire. And who would like to go first? All right, I will. The Disney magic is coming out of dry dock three days earlier than they originally thought. And uh, Disney Cruise Line has scheduled a three-day magic cruise for September 24th of 2008. It's going to go to Nassau and Castaway Key, and booking for that will begin tomorrow. Cool. Which is the day that the show will be out. Today. It'll be, book, it'll be available today. <laughs> June 12th. June, June 12th. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. I know they're going to know we recorded this the day before now. Oh, no. Our secret's out. Johnny. I have two rumors um, that I'd like to report on. First is that we have a rumor about Disney's next global celebration after um, 2.6 years of A Million Dreams is over. <laughs> they're going to be doing... <laughs> 2.6 years. <laughs> I kept extending it. They're going to be doing Disney's Magical Celebrations, and it's going to be all about 
birthdays and anniversaries and all those great celebrations that you do at Disney. Um, there's no specifics about it, but the reason why we believe that this is going to be a the, the next global celebration is that Disney's already registered the URLs, disneysmagicalcelebrations.net and disneysmagicalcelebrations.com, as well as a slew of others. Disney's happy birthdays and Disney's anniversaries.com and .net. So that's what makes me believe that that is a true rumor. The next one I have is um, I would not be surprised if Star Tours becomes something new and better. Oh, thank God. Yeah, really. (laughs) The Simpsons ride, perhaps. (laughs) Um, There was an article on CNET.com about the new Indiana Jones movie, and they talked about... um, uh, special effects and uh, how things were done for the new Indiana Jones movie, and um, one of the lines, the last sentence from that from that article was, and I quote: "Next up for Landis is another nostalgia-oriented project, a redo of the Star Tours ride at Disneyland." So I don't think this was meant to be put out there. And if Disneyland's getting redone, Disney World's going to be redone. You have to think, yeah. yeah. So we don't know what it's going to be. If it's just going to be you know, based on the newer movies or not, but look for a new Star Tours. That is a rough ride. It is. I, I couldn't even think about doing it. Or eat before you do it. You know, you'll throw up. And it's so, uh, you know... Of its time? Of its time, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It really needs, especially with the new effects that are out there and available, it really needs to be revamped. And they could put Shia LaBeouf in it. He's not in Star Wars. Harrison Ford was. <laughs> oh, so automatically. By association. They're just Anything gonna, Harrison Ford did, Shia LaBeouf has to remake? They're remaking Witness. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled that Harrison Ford movie out of my hat. I'm telling you. You pulled it out of somewhere. Uh, that's right. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thank you very much, John. Uh, I have dates for this year's Halloween Horror Nights. Yay. Uh, I'm not going to rattle them off just to say that there are 23 nights between September 26th and November 1st where you can attend Halloween Horror Nights. And I love the pricing. A single night admission on any night uh, that it's running, $69.99, which is, I think, pretty damn steep. Wow. Um, A frequent fear pass, which gives you access to 13 nights. You can go all 13 nights or any of these particular 13 nights. It's $69.99. <laughs> okay? So, obviously, they want you to buy the frequent fear pass. Right. <laughs> and uh, they, also have, um, they also have information up on uh, buying express passes uh, for that night. They can run anywhere from $40 to $70 for an express pass, which honestly is worth it. If you're going to go, it's going to be an expensive night. Just deal with it. The lines are um, long. But it's worth it and because those lines are long. And with that express pass, you basically will get to experience all the all. – they usually have like seven or eight haunted houses set up. And if you're going to wait in the regular lines on just about any night, you're going to end up spending – you, maybe you'll get to f- through three, and you're not going to see much else. Is it, is it worth the express pass for the nights – like a middle-of-the-week weeknight? A middle-of-the-week weeknight, no, not usually. You can usually get away, but even I, but it's still not unusual on like a Wednesday night in early October for those lines at some of those haunted houses to be as long as an hour to an hour and a half. Wow. So, I mean, if you do the frequent fear pass, you don't really have to get the express because you, know, you have 13 nights you can go. One right. night, do half of the haunted houses. The other night, do the rest that you didn't do the night before and just kind of spread them out through 
throughout your 13 I mean, days. That's great if you're local, but if you're here on vacation. Yeah. You yeah, but if to... you're here for a week and you want to go a couple of those nights. Yep. Let's spread it out. Now, if you have the uh, the seven-day unlimited admission pass that they're selling for, what is it, 89 79 plus Se- tax and um, a fee, a processing fee they okay. charge. You can, uh, you can add a Halloween Horror Nights to that pass. Uh, for a Saturday night, it's fifty nine ninety nine. For a Friday night, forty four ninety nine, and for a Sunday through Thursday, twenty nine ninety nine. So it does make it a little, uh, a little more reasonable. And uh, they have all sorts of stuff. We're going to have links to all this stuff on the site podcast.wwinfo.com. So, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. We haven't renewed our premium passes yet. Did they give out a ticket this year again? Yep. Yep. Can I tell you that's a great deal? They get, get, you get a whole new booklet. When you renew new water, new water passes and stuff. Yep, everything. So yeah, that's right. With the premium ticket, you do get a, a, a pass to Halloween Horror Nights is included with that. And it's like any night except for the thirty first. No, I don't think they let you do it on weekends. I think you got to oh. do it during. It's like a Sunday through Thursday. I don't think you can use it on the weekends. You, if you're at Halloween Horror Nights on a Friday or Saturday, get the express pass. Just do yourself the favor because it's it's an it's crazy, like crazy, but a lot of fun. One of my favorite things to do in Orlando. So, that's mine, Mrs. Martin. I'm rapid fireless. She is without rapidity. But I don't like Halloween Horror Nights, so that'll be my rapid fire. <laughs> the, Mr. Martin. The, uh, the private photo sessions that, were, um, that are at the Grand Floridian, uh, they've expanded to Saratoga Springs and the Polynesian Resort. What this is, you can schedule a, a 30-minute one-on-one photo session with a PhotoPass photographer. Um, the forty nine ninety five for the sitting fee, one twenty four ninety five for the sitting fee, plus all the photo pass pictures that were taken by the photo pass photographers during your stay. So these um, these sessions can be booked thirty days um, prior to your arrival, and we'll have a link to it. Cool. Thank you very much, Corey. That will do it for rapid fire. All right, we're going to move on to our new segment. Let's call and harass Regina. She's going to love these toys. Uh, I know. I'm going to drive her insane. <laughs> no, she knows we're calling, right? Yeah, she knows we're calling. This time. You just say next time, like, do it like 3 no, a.m. Yeah, next time, <laughs> next time we're, going to, we're going to start ambushing people. I think we should like, uh, call Corey's mother once. Oh, wait till she hears that. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're going to call Miss Regina. And yes, I am going to edit that part out. Just going to say, because you know someone's going to figure out from the tones what her number is. You don't have to edit that out. Oh yeah, I'll leave her. I'll leave the tones for her phone number in there. <laughs> she'll she'll appreciate that. Hello, pig doot or something? <laughs> Duke? Don't you know nothing? Oh God! <laughs> Bob is haunting you. I actually have a prop from there. How are you, Regina? I'm fine. Say hi, everybody. Hi, Regina. Hi, Regina. Hi, hey, Regina. Mama Reg. Can you hear everybody all right? Yes, I can. Wow, this is working really good. I'm, I'm very happy. So, uh, yeah, we're going to call and harass you. So I'm just going to keep doing this. Pig doot or something. Uh, Shahini, uh, great to meet <laughs> you. know nothing? Pierre Joot. I actually have a prop from there. Are you done? <laughs> oh, no. We're nowhere near done. Are you like... Un- delete, 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 delete. <laughs> Regina, are you laying on the couch eating bonbons? 
Oh yeah, that's what I always do. She asked me. <laughs> she, she asked me if she needed to put makeup on for this. I said no. Just don't wear anything complicated. <laughs> <laughs> what are you wearing? I'm supposed to have clothes on. <laughs> sure. How many years have we been doing this and we've kept it clean? Regina's on for two minutes and already it's gone south. Okay, well, I think keeping it clean is stretching it a little oh, bit. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Regina, tell us something we don't know. <laughs> What's the weather like there in New Jersey or New York? New Jersey. You don't know where she lives? No, she's on the border of New York and New Jersey. No, she's not. Nobody knows how to spell my name, my last name. Nobody knows where I live. It's <laughs> because you're in the witness what protection program. name? <laughs> Don't you know nothing? <laughs> okay, Regina, it's your turn. Be fascinating. Be charming. Tell us oh, something funny. Gosh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not used to this. This is the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like she's on stage and there's a huge spotlight on her. And we're all waiting with bated breath. What's your rapid fire, oh, Regina? Quiet, quiet. She's going to say something really cool now. Okay. <laughs> Stop it. No one's going to want to talk to us now on the phone, you know. They think we're going to do this to everybody. We are. Well, you know, we have to live up to the name. Let's call and harass Regina. So, Let's see. What's that? You can make your own frog over at Epcot. Oh. Ooh. You can make your own frog? frog? Frog. As in things that hop? Yeah. Like a live one? No, out of Velcro. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll bite. Why would I want to make a frog out of Velcro? Because if you made it out of saran wrap, it would crinkle. I don't know. There's going to be a joke in there somewhere. But it's free. I mean, how often do you hear free with Disney, right? So. Yeah. Is it on the, the KidCot station? Yeah, unfortunately, it's free when it's making a frog out of Velcro. And not. It's at Innoventions West. Here's an old Q-tip. Woohoo! And Slapstick Studio presented by Velcro. Uh, you know Bob would have came in here with a frog for everything. Oh, he would have yes. come in here with a Velcro frog. You're absolutely <laughs> Three right. Three pages worth of direction. I think you go to Interventions West and make your Velcro frog, and then you bring it over to the trash uh, demonstration <laughs> in Interventions East and throw it out. And <laughs> put but it in the incinerator. And recycle it. everything. What's that? You can't throw it out because it keeps sticking to everything. <laughs> get rid of the frog. I think we should do that. We should get, get like one of those Velcro walls and then put Regina in a Velcro suit on a trampoline. <laughs> Make a trampoline. <laughs> I'd like to see me get off a trampoline. Go ahead. <laughs> and then we'll write prizes. Are you supposed to go up in the air? <laughs> I would just be like sagging, standing there with this thing sagging in. <laughs> oh, Lord. I so, have pictures of my kids from when they did that with that Velcro suit thing. Oh, really? Yep. When was that, a Tuesday? I guess we should have taken them down. <laughs> They're still up there. Yeah. yeah. That's where Steve got married. On the Velcro wall. <laughs> That's the only way they could get her to stay. <laughs> oh, so did you get a chance to read Kevin's uh, review of the wave? No, I didn't. Oh, so you don't... Uh, maybe I'll just keep you on the phone while Kevin does it. Kevin hasn't written it yet. That's why you haven't oh. read it. Oh, I thought. Oh, read his mind. No, it's this week, right? Yeah, he's going to do it. He's going to do it on the show in a few minutes. But how could I have read it? Well, because usually he sends them out before he does them. That's usually when there isn't a granite guy in my house. Right? No, that's. They <laughs> do the Vulcan mind meld, but I don't. I don't know. I don't. Didn't read it because he didn't write it. The granite guy. I sit with my back to the pass through in the kitchen, 
And the granite guy actually asked me several times the other day, is this really all you do? <laughs> Aren't you tired of playing with that computer? <laughs> I said to him, I work from home. He goes, ah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we were friends. If, Get if, back to your granite. <laughs> if, you call te- if you call Tetris working, yeah. Is this really all you do? So, do you have anything else for us, Miss Regina? Oh, here's some big news. Bigger than big. They're going to be putting in a 100-lane bowling alley at Wide World of Sports. You're kidding. A 100-lane bowling alley? They're going to have bowling tournaments. They expect it to bring in 10 or $12 over the next couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go just to wear other people's shoes. <laughs> we know how much fun that is. Bowling is fun. I wonder if they'll do rock and bowl, you know. Turn the lights down, all the glow in the dark neon stuff. You see now when Regina, you see what, when Regina goes bowling, they have to set the pins up in the gutter <laughs> so yeah, she can get a strike. Hate, hey, You're talking about the bowling. bumpers. I was on a bowling team once. Were you really? Yes, I was. And you wore those nasty shoes. Oh no, I had my own shoes. Yeah, you get your own shoes, your own, own ball, her own nasty ball. shoes. And probably she had like a shirt, you know, those weird bowler shirts with like the two colors and like a big no, logo I on the back. <laughs> Mama did you dress? Did you dress like a filling station attendant, Regina? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have one of those shirts. Regina, what was the? What, because it was just too disgusting to wear the bowling shoes. Well, you a purple ball. Oh, a purple glitter ball. You guys do know you're supposed to wear socks with those rented shoes, right? Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> not when you play on the Wii. <laughs> I'm not supposed to wear pantyhose. <laughs> so, what, what's the best game you've ever bowled? Oh, I suck. I was terrible. Like I said, set the, you set the uh, the pins up in the gutter. They loved me because it would go by the overall average. And since my average was always so low, it made it. we got a whole bunch of extra points. Some, I don't. I don't like 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 pity points. <laughs> really, it's some, somehow it worked that way because my average was so low. They had to give us X amount of points no matter what I did. You had a handicap. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my best bowling my best game I ever bowled was a two hundred one. I'm lucky if I make it to a hundred. I don't remember. Once I got like fourteen of those tickets. <laughs> ski ball. Oh, it's ski ball. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have a story for this. I I'm good at that. I had a bag of bar nuts. <laughs> oh, oh. So where, where are they going to put 100 lanes? Is it going to go subterranean? I mean, that's that's a lot of lanes, isn't it? Your there's, average bowling alley has what, like Where 10? are they going to find 100 people? And they're <laughs> going to have bleacher seats, I read. Oh, now we're going to hear from all the bowlers. Bowling's great. I'm going to bowling. Your hate speech against bowling. You're un-American if you don't bowl. My mom took my brother and I bowling almost every weekend when we were young. I I, I love to bowl. I, I haven't done it in eons, but Corey's a good bowler. I used to be good when I was younger, and I did it all the time. I used in to high go school, like we used to do it for PE. We used to hop on a bus and go to a bowling alley for like a month. Now, that sounds I was, fun. When I was a teenager, you know, as a teenager, we did, we always hung out. It was a bowling alley. We went like to a bowling alley five for minutes a month. From my house for during PE in high school. <laughs> Every day, every for the they'd get on the bus, <laughs> education, drive. Jim, Kevin, Jim, <laughs> the thing that we I always got doctors' notes to get out of. I was just gonna say, I spent more time trying to get out of Jim than worrying about yeah, what I they were doing. Um, I understood the PE part. I couldn't understand why they went for a month. I get it now. Okay, <laughs> they went four times. He went to bowling camp. It's sad. It's sad to watch him go downhill. Sleep away bowling camp. Apparently, <laughs> my mind is a terrible thing. 
So, Regina, you want to stay on the line and uh, listen in on Kevin's uh, wave review? Sure. <laughs> like she was going to say no. Or would you rather go watch Days of Our Lives? <laughs> <laughs> or I could just keep doing this. Days of Our Lives is over. Uh, Great tuna. Hey, tomorrow Wait, with you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that, Miss Regina. Go ahead, Kevin. Let's hear your uh, review of the wave at the Contemporary, the new restaurant. Before we do that, we actually we all went to dinner the other night at uh, Portobello Yacht Club, and right, sitting right next to where you were sitting was a bottle of Pierre Jute. Yep, <laughs> Pierre Jute, a big one of those big like display bottles. Magnum of it, yeah, a magnum. I wish we had Bob saying Regina. Regina, yeah, we should find that somewhere. Because mm-hmm, I know we've talked about her on the show. I've been, I've been lazy. I have not gone back and looked for some uh, new drop-ins. I got to go find some new drop-ins to put. What in. file format do you need? It's got to be wave stereo. I'll give you the. I'll give you the. Uh, okay. It's it's weird, but you got to deal with it. You, you got to go through a whole. But you process know our listeners, they'll they'll clip it's it out and send it before the show is released. That bleeping Regina. That's right. There it is. <laughs> so now the Wave, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Wave restaurant at the Contemporary now is uh, replacing the Concourse Steakhouse. Um, well, I, it, the Concourse Steakhouse closed when the Wave opened. Right. It, it's, I don't know. It's not the same location. It's, down. it's not the same location. It's not the same type of restaurant. One restaurant closed and one restaurant opened. Uh, the physical space that the Wave occupies used to be the Food and Fun Center and the Arcade. And the it's a pretty big space. Yeah, it's a pretty big restaurant. We, I have to tell you, we were the first paying customers seated in the wave the other night. Wow! And being the first paying, did you get your dinner for free? No, we did not. However, we got to talk to every employee. Oh, that's cool. The manager, the sommelier. The bar manager, the chefs came out to talk to us and ask us what we thought. We were that we had the first ADR, and we were the first paying customers to be seated and served food. That's cool. They had opened the restaurant earlier in the week for cast members only, invited cast members. Uh, I know people are waiting to hear what I think of the wave, and I think this is a wonderful, wonderful addition to Disney's restaurants. The theme of this is the wave of American flavors. And what they've decided to do is they have decided to serve... Pizza and Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> they've decided to serve healthy alternatives. They've mixed textures and flavors that are just outstanding. I can't say enough good stuff about So this it. really is kind of a continuation of what we've been seeing with uh, a lot of the restaurants, both, you know... More affordable and signature restaurants doing a lot with uh, healthy healthy options. Right. But they're not doing, in my opinion, they're not doing dumb things like putting a wheat bun on a hot dog. Okay. Uh, that doesn't, it's still a hot dog. I mean, it's not a turkey dog or it's not a roast a piece of roast right. turkey. You're still getting a hot dog. Okay, so you got a wheat bun. Woohoo. What they're doing is they're offering flavorful, tasty cuisine type items that are that just happen to be prepared in a, a more healthful fashion. All right, now if you're like me and you know you see health food and run for the hills. Don't think of it like that. I I think if you just approach it as a restaurant, you'll never know. You'll never know that someone's trying to uh, offer you a healthier So it's not one it's it, you don't feel like you're going into a vegan restaurant in other words. Not at all. Not at all. The other thing is there's not really a theme to this restaurant. This restaurant is uh, elegant. I had read when they back when we first announced this restaurant two years ago, uh, 
they had to, <laughs> he has to he has to put that in there it's not often I'm that right um, <laughs> they said that this was going to appeal the contemporary was working towards pulling in more convention business and I think what they've done is they've offered a restaurant that's adult oriented this is not to say that there's not a kid's menu. This is not to say that kids aren't welcome. I have a feeling this is going to appeal to adults. It's an elegant atmosphere. There's one misstep so far that I can find in the wave, and I've been there for two different meals at two different times of the day. As you first walk in, uh, the Food and Fun Center and the arcade were down a couple of steps. Right. So there's uh, a slight grade as you walk into the restaurant. They haven't elevated the restaurant, but it's now a ramp. And it's much more subtle. Because it's a ramp, it's a much more subtle grade than the steps down used to be. And as you walk in, there's a a podium. And just beyond the podium is the bar area. A large portion of the restaurant is donated or dedicated, excuse me, to a bar. There are also these two huge semicircular lounge areas with a huge bank around, a bank of seats around each one, and small tables. Uh, How unusual. (laughs) I mean, there's a large, this is a large amount of space dedicated to this. So they're looking for, these would be great for if you were meeting a whole bunch of people or something. The problem, the only issue I have is that there's a, I'm going to guess a 42-inch LCD TV over the bar that's visible from both sides. Now, when you're sitting in the dining area, there's a glass wall that separates the bar from the restaurant. And in my opinion, this restaurant is too nice to have a TV that large playing. We were having dinner there the other night, and I thought, I I said to the manager, this is, it's kind of distracting. Almost like a sports bar. Yeah, and it's... Mm. It's a separate location, but it's a glass wall, so it's quite visible. And the entire time, now we were sitting in a, uh, one of those tables that's a booth and a chair, and John had his back to the television. I found myself kind of drifting off and watching what was on the scroll on CNN. And I, I in my opinion, at times they're going to have to turn that off. Yeah. And I can understand if you put it on the other side of the bar so that the dining room couldn't see it. But it's it's very visible from the dining room. Hmm. It's the only misstep. The <clears throat> we've talked to the manager. As I said, we've talked to the sommelier. There's some interesting facts. One of the things that they're doing is they're trying to offer a little bit. I mean, it's a buzzword now of a greener restaurant. They're offering organic produce, which is nice. No pesticides. And no salmonella in the uh, tomatoes. <laughs> no salmonella. And they're also they're trying to uh, buy all their produce from local producers close to Walt Disney World, so that there's less transportation involved in the food that you're eating. The way the manager described it, they're offering uh, food that has less of a carbon in, carbon footprint. All of the wines. I love these buzzwords. Yeah, really, they're using them a lot. All of the wines at the Wave are from the Southern Hemisphere which is the burgeoning wine producers of the world. The other thing is all of the wines that they serve now have, I believe, I'm sure someone's going to correct me, I believe they use the Stelvin method, which is a screw tap, a screw top for the wine. They will serve no wine that has a cork because cork means you have to destroy the tree that the cork comes from. One winery in New Zealand wanted so badly to be part of this restaurant and the restaurant turned them down because they only produce wines with a cork. 
And what they've done is the winery in New Zealand, it's actually their most expensive bottle also, has produced a half bottle just to be served at the Wave in Walt Disney World. Wow. It was that important for them to be part of this. And they've produced a half bottle with a screw cap. I believe it is called the Stelvin method, but I'm not 100% sure. I, I believe that they said, with the exception of the sparkling wine. Oh, that might be true. I, I didn't... Yeah, sparkling wines, I don't think... Can you... Yeah, I guess you don't have to have a cork in sparkling wine, do you? They also use a... Um, they don't use the real cork in a lot of them anymore. They use the plastic cork, so... It's the cork tree that's endangered, so that's right. why they don't want to use that. Do they hug the cork tree before they save it? <laughs> Sorry. We started out with dinner. Our uh, dinner was opening night. Uh, Saturday night. And the prices range from about nineteen ninety nine upwards to twenty five ninety nine. They have John ordered the grilled marinated flank steak with seasonal vegetables, chimchurri, and guacamole. I decided I the the name of my entree kind of made me interested it was called today's sustainable fish and what that was served with with a corn edamame stew what's a sustainable fish what it is is uh you can keep it alive well (laughs) only until they fry it um sustainable fish is their fishing methods certain fish are very invasive for a long time jico served monkfish and i understand that while monkfish is delicious and it has a uh, texture similar to lobster. It's very invasive in the way that they have to catch the fish. Monkfish, you actually have to dredge the bottom of the ocean right. and pull them up. So you really you ruin the uh, ecology. Long before this restaurant had come out, I had been to Jico and asked them why they stopped serving monkfish. And they stopped serving it because of the fact that it's so environmentally wrong. That so much of the environment that you would have to catch it in can be damaged during the catching process. The things will change depending on migration of the fish and things like that. Right now, the sustainable fish that they're serving is black cod. It's also it's caught off the coast of Alaska, but it's a very fast reproducing fish. It mm. has a very short reproductive cycle, and that's what they mean by sustainable. I see that you're not depleting. The, wow. the ocean of the, the seafood that we're eating. In Alaska, this is known as butterfish. Uh, John steak. Now, because of the fact that everything sounds healthy as you're reading it, we expected very Nouvelle Cuisine-sized portions. You're going to get a little dollop of this and a little portion of that, and you're going to leave and go to McDonald's. <laughs> okay. And it's not that way at all. I actually I missed the appetizers. I should have started with appetizers. We started with the lettuce wraps at eleven ninety nine. We tried the seasonal soup with chef's accompaniments at seven ninety nine. There are six appetizers. Uh, the lettuce wraps are uh, the highest price, and they go down to the the navy bean soup at six forty nine. The lettuce wraps were sautéed lamb and bay scallops with soy rice wine vinegar sauce. And it came with bib lettuce. Now, usually when you get a lettuce wrap out, you get iceberg lettuce. This was a nice touch. The bib lettuce was very nice. The The filling for the lettuce wraps was very spicy. 
very definite Asian feel to it. And the seasonal soup that they were having was roast organic tomato soup. And the chef's accompaniment were little tiny grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, wow. Nice touch. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, they were so good. We said to the waitress, can you order more of these? She goes, you're not the first person to mention that. And you are the first person that's eaten here. <laughs> there are Swiss and goat cheese sandwiches that come alongside of your bowl of soup. They were wonderful. Wait, oh, Swiss and goat cheese? It's very just, good. Just really? terrific. Yeah. Very I mild. Know. I want to say something before you go on. Grilled cheese is supposed to have American cheese in it. <laughs> when you when you look at this menu and you read what's involved in it, I think there's a tendency to go, oh, this sounds gross. This this sounds like, why are they putting these flavors together? They've done an excellent job of picking the flavors and doing just the right amount. Someone might hear goat cheese in there and think, oh, I can't eat it. So trust the chef. Trust the chef. Everything was very good. I, I really believe that. Did you get the chef's name, by the way? He, I apologize, I didn't. He introduced himself, but we met, I'm going to guess over the course of our first dinner there, we met 10 or 12 people. We were kind, our table was kind of popular. We were their first customers. Wow. And uh, I always make an ADR under an assumed name. I never make an ADR under my name. This For this particular visit, it was Liza Minnelli. <laughs> <laughs> he showed up wearing sequins. <laughs> That's right. And a button hat. And a button hat. And a button hat. <laughs> Somebody's going to write and ask what that's about. Deborah Winger was on The View the other day. And Betty Davis, there was an infamous night on The Tonight Show that Betty Davis showed up shortly before she died. And she seemed to be not the same as she used to be. And she was wearing a hat entirely made out of buttons. And they were talking about, I hope I don't end up on The Tonight Show wearing a button hat. <sighs> there, now you understand. Or yes. marrying David Guest. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of those things have I done. The food was delicious. The food, the serving sizes were ample. John's grilled, uh, marinated flank steak. What did you have? Eight slices of steak. There was a lot of steak on that plate. It was just delicious. My black cod was served over edamame and corn and green beans. And it had a cilantro chutney. Now, it tasted sort of, um, it had a, I've pesto. a pesto feel to it. It came with a small serving of that on top of the fish. The fish had been charred. It was absolutely wonderful. See, as you're, as you're explaining this menu, I'm, I'm sitting here saying to myself, there's no way I'll be able to take Walter to this restaurant. He would like it. He really? Would. He would. I don't know. He's very finicky. He does not like. He, doesn't, had, he doesn't like stepping out on too many limbs when it comes to what he. I eats. don't want to get ahead of Kevin's review, but the next day we had their staple soup is a navy bean soup. Very good. I think that's even too exotic for it was Walter. A very basic. Well, here's the deal. This restaurant might not be for everyone. It might not. If your kids are finicky and they'll only eat chicken fingers, that this might not be the restaurant for you. But that's what makes it wonderful. Yeah. There's a there's another choice out there. I you know no absolutely absolutely no we'll try it. I I'm, mean, just, I'm just I'm wondering if he's gonna. I'm worried that people are going to be afraid of this menu. We've heard it. We've seen it already on the boards. This menu looks disgusting. There's nothing I'd ever want there. Trust the chef. They really did a wonderful job of marrying these flavors. I mean, one of the things that they have available is a chicken pot pie with peas, mushrooms, carrots, and a thyme pastry. You don't get much simpler than a chicken pot pie. Mm-hmm. The other thing is they seemed extraordinarily willing to work with us. Um, if you wanted things that were changed, if things didn't suit you. 
uh, they asked us if we had any dietary restrictions before we started. The tables are marquetry tables. They're inlaid wood. They're absolutely beautiful. Uh, the settings are simple. Their salt and pepper shakers are a little unusual. They're little metal discs that sit in this rack. I imagine they're going to be popular. People are going to ask where you can purchase them. The restaurant itself is very low-key. It's a big space, but it's very low-key. The tables are set far enough apart so that you don't feel like you're sitting on top of each other. Mm -hmm. Our waitress was adorable. She was just adorable. She came over and she said that this was her first table. She had never opened a restaurant before and that she was so worried about making sure that everything was right for the first night. Isn't that nice? About halfway through the meal, and John and I are you know, kind of low-key and easy to please most of the time. And as I say, when I do a restaurant review, even if the food was horrible, I would never tell them that. I would just Then I would come back and tell you. But she came over halfway through the meal, and she just said, I wanted to thank you. And that's when she told us how nervous she was about the entire thing. So I am very – I think this restaurant is wonderful. Talk about the desserts. The desserts are a little unusual. The desserts are unusual. If you're looking for a piece of cheesecake or a great big slice of chocolate cake, you're probably not going to find it here. The desserts are bite size. There's maybe two bites in each serving. The dessert is $7.99, and there are 12 different offerings. Now, they break them up into groups of four. There's creamy indulgences, decadent flavors, crisp and crunchy, and fresh... I don't have my glasses on. Fresh crafted sorbets. Now, in each one of those four, there's three different choices. Now, you can order the four, the three choices as they've set them up, or you, at, for the same price, you can pick any three of the twelve. So your dessert is kind of up to you. Hmm. So you don't have to go with their specific selections. Uh, the desserts are very, very fresh tasting. There's nothing that tastes like it's been sitting in one of those revolving coolers. You get three very small, bite-sized desserts. And uh, some of them, we've been twice now, so we've tried... I've tried six of of them. them. (laughs) No, we've only tried six of them. And of the six, I would say that there were three that I thought were really good. And then there were three that I didn't care for. But... All in all, I think were, that was more personal taste. Yeah, than right, the, not that they're not, they're not badly prepared. Mm-hmm. One of them was uh, they had a chocolate passion fruit mousse with a pecan olive brittle, and I found that to be very very tart. So now you also did lunch. How did how did lunch compare to dinner? Before we go on to lunch, I want to talk about the coffee for a minute. <laughs> this is not Disney coffee. Right. This is their own coffee. So it was very very exciting when the guy came over and said, "Would you like a cup of coffee?" And I said. No, I don't want your regular Disney coffee. He said, no, sir. This coffee is shade-grown and bird-safe. And I said, well, so is John. (laughs) (laughs) And he just looked at me like, what? (laughs) Apparently, the coffee is organic. It is grown in the least intrusive way. It doesn't. It's not grown. So th- this really is a tree hugger restaurant. It's it's, but not. It's, like, it's not overt. It's, it's like Al Gore's again, the wave. But again, I got meat. I got beef. So it's not like yeah, you have to go and get pea pods. You right. Can still eat you don't them. have to eat bulgur wheat and you know. Well, lentils. organic doesn't necessarily mean vegetarian or vegan. Right. 
there are those choices. There are vegetarian options on the menu, and they're not overt about this. We were delving. We were asking questions. We were interested in the restaurant. We wanted to hear. I wanted to come back and share it all with you. So it's not that they came out and you know in their Birkenstocks and their linen pants, <laughs> smudging the bed, you know, right. chief from the restaurant. <laughs> I, I, it was very kind of restauranty. I mean, what do you want? Kind of thing. They the co- were, but I gotta say, the coffee was great. The coffee was was like, oh my god, this is. Great. What was the uh, price for dinner? All together for the two of us, our with the Disney dining experience, our our dinner was seventy three dollars. That's not really that bad. No, and we both raved about what we had and came out full. So these are good sized portions. Yes. Yeah, from what I saw of the menu, the pricing doesn't look that bad, really. It's well, not outrageous. Well, first of all, this is the same chef and management team and staff from the Concourse Steakhouse. Okay, that bodes well for it. Right. They brought the entire staff over, and they have gone an entirely different way. There are cheeseburgers on Disney property. There are steaks on Disney property. There's pasta. This is a nice alternative if you're looking for something fresh, and if you're at all conscientious about what you're eating. And in spite he, of what you may think of the menu, you should really give it a try. I at definitely least take think the risk. you should. I think people will be more disappointed going in thinking it's a new and updated version of the Concourse Steakhouse. You're exactly right. Nothing to do with yeah. other than the staff and the cook, com- the chef coming over. There's no comparison. Oh, that means those chicken wings are no more. They're no more. This is not a chicken wing place. Mm-hmm. This is not... First Those wings of all, were so good. They are on the Disney dining cl- or the Disney dining plan. It is a one credit right. restaurant, and the way the manager explained it to me is they have a family a la carte designation as far as Disney con- Disney labels their restaurants. However, they are a signature restaurant, but they're not using the two table service credits. I think that's really quite a really accurate description of this. It is definitely, in my opinion, it's high-quality food. The serving sizes were wonderful. There's some thought to the preparation. If you're looking for mashed potatoes and meatloaf, 50s Primetime Cafe is at Disney Disney Hollywood Studios. If you're looking for linguine with red sauce, there are Italian restaurants available to you. This is, in my opinion, as I say, I, I consider it an adult experience, but I would say it's top of the line. Top of the wow. line. And then the next day, we had lunch there, actually with Wild Oscar. We did. We met Rex for lunch. We went out to... Uh, he knew We knew he was going to be in town, and we agreed that we would meet and have lunch. Now, I have to tell you that Wild Oscar on the boards and Wild Oscar in person are entirely different experiences. <laughs> Wild Oscar is not, was not wearing his camouflage bikini. Thank God. <laughs> if he was, he was wearing it under his clothes where we couldn't see it. Uh, lunch is a little bit different. Lunch is much more relaxed. Lunch, lunch is much lower priced. Uh, entrees again. There are seven or eight entrees, and they range from fourteen ninety. I'm sorry, from twenty ninety nine down to uh, fourteen ninety nine. I'm sorry, twelve ninety nine. We started that again with appetizers, and when we go out to do a restaurant review, we usually have my folks with us, and it's family. When they put down the food, we taste everybody's. Everybody tastes everybody's, and you kind of let everybody in on it so everybody knows what they're talking about. And I have to tell you that Rex fit right in. I had my 
one of his french fries and he split his cheeseburger up so we could all try it. It was great. We started with John had the lump crab cake. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, the is. <laughs> That's Boomer. We all looked at the Prismatron to see what button you were pushing. Yeah, really. Bark. Says Boomer, shut up. <laughs> um, as I say, John started with the crab cake, the lump crab cake. It was pan seared with crispy papaya slaw and a balsamic glaze. Uh, Rex had the seasonal soup with chef's accompaniments. Now, we talked about that from dinner the night before. That was the roasted tomato soup with grilled cheese sandwiches. And I had the navy bean soup with smoked ham hock and cracklin. Now, I didn't know what cracklin was. <laughs> really? Oh, love that. What yeah. is it? Did they only give you one? I actually didn't find any. What's a cracklin? It's like fried, it's fried pork, pork skin. skin. I think it was oh. chopped up in there. Remember I told you I thought I got something that was a little crunchy? Right. I think it was chopped very fine. I it's really good. I so didn't good. read this whole description when I decided to try it. Because I'm not a fan of things like pork rinds. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, my navy bean soup was terrific. It had a nice smoky flavor. It was um, not as thick as some navy bean soups. It had more of a broth consistency, but it was absolutely wonderful. Rex loved his tomato soup and the little grilled cheese sandwiches. Everybody seems a little bit surprised by them, so nice touch. And John had a good-sized lump crab cake. Now, it came on a bed of um, both, or papaya slaw. So this was not a sad little crab cake? No, no this not. was quite a tasty, good-sized crab cake. The, the serving sizes here are not small, but you describe it. You ate it. It was excellent. It was very much fresh crab. Food good. Food good. Tasty. <laughs> it was fresh crab and a crab cake. It wasn't this processed, milled until it was within an inch of its life, you know, type of stuff you usually get. One of the things that uh, we talked about the chef about portion size I thought was interesting was I mentioned to him, I said, I'm enjoying the fact that you're giving everybody a good portion. And he said, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we're what we're trying to do in keeping with the idea of eating lighter and eating less, your main ingredient, your main f- meat or fish or whatever it is you order, is actually six ounces as opposed to a regular eight-ounce serving. And I said, I didn't notice. In anything I've eaten, it seemed like I had plenty of food. So mm. I was impressed by that. This comes out as a full-size serving. I mean, you're, you wouldn't look at your plate and think, I'm going to leave hungry. We ate at Restaurant Marrakesh. We did the review there. Right. I ordered the Sultan's Feast, thinking I was going to get a huge portion of food, and got what I considered to be rather skimpy portions of ingredients that are not in exactly high-priced. Uh, couscous is a pasta, and I got about two tablespoons of it mm. cooked. I mean, we're talking cents here out of my $21 price. It's it just couscous is not an expensive ingredient. However... Uh, Crab or this black cod or steak, these are pricey ingredients. And in my opinion, you got a nice size serving of all of it. Rex decided to have the Angus Chuck Bacon Cheeseburger. Now, Of course he did. <laughs> there's nothing earthy. In- just, getting, just gets tired of having that blood just run through his veins real fast, right? <laughs> it's one of those things that if you're looking for... Uh, Something that doesn't sound like a health food restaurant. I mean, come on. It's a cheeseburger. It's a bacon cheeseburger. 
It was served on a multi-grain roll with papaya slaw and roasted potato wedges. Now, they use fingerling potatoes, and instead of frying them, they bake them in the oven. They're roasted. They were... Will's looking hungry. <laughs> they, were they were wonderful. Will's diet pill just wore off. <laughs> <laughs> All 70 pounds of him is hungry. Uh, his cheeseburger was tremendous. He gave us each a piece of it. It was high-quality beef cooked perfectly and it had bacon and cheese on it it was wonderful the bacon cheeseburger was 12.99 mm-hmm. i decided to have the spice crusted chicken salad with local greens apples and crispy polenta croutons it was 14.99 this came with one uh one salad dressing on it you didn't have a choice of salad dressings it was a little spicy and i thought it limited the number of people who might order this. I thought it was tremendous. However, it was very, very spicy. Now, if John had ordered the salad, he wouldn't have eaten it. So I think if you're at all aversion, have an aversion to things that are heavily spiced, make sure you ask before you find it, before you order, if anything that you're getting is heavily spiced, and I'm sure they would work with you. And again, we tried the desserts. Uh, Rex had three different ones than I would have chosen and seemed to enjoy all of them. He described them as tart but delicious. And I had three more from the night before, three different ones. And of all of the ones I had, they have a cheese cake with raspberry coolis or coolie. I don't know how it's pronounced, which is a little raspberry sauce with a fresh raspberry on top. Absolutely the best dessert out of the ones I had. I forgot to mention I had the Reuben. Oh, yeah. John had the Reuben. The Reuben, it's a classic Reuben sandwich grilled on grain bread with crispy papaya slaw and roasted potato wedges for twelve ninety nine. Lunch, in my opinion, is a bargain. You are, what, did come, what was the total? The three of us ate for the same amount that dinner was the night before, so it was about 72 bucks with the Disney Dining Experience and then the tip added back. So, But it was three instead of two. We had a nice lunch. We enjoyed Rex's company. We um, hung out for a while. In my opinion, this is going to be, and I didn't try breakfast, but this is going to be a popular restaurant. First of all, it's a little low-key. It's not Chef Mickey's. And I understand that there are times when Chef Mickey's is the energy level that people are looking for. But I also understand that there are times when People are looking to sit down and eat. Yeah. The focus here is not on the theming. The focus here is on the food. And it's on organic, well-balanced, tasty, well-prepared food. And in my opinion, that's terrific. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, some people do like to go out to dinner and focus all of their attention on what they're going to eat as opposed to being hugged by one of the characters. Now, what about the kids? Um Options. I think the kids' meal menu. I think the kids' menu needs a little bit of work. They offer uh, an appetizer, four on or three entrees, and two desserts. And I think they're kind of limited. I think we're going to hear uh, that some kids don't like the th- the offerings. They offer linguine with marinara sauce, chicken nachos, or a hamburger. Oh, I'm sorry. There's also a grilled fish of the day. And a pizza. There's five. I apologize. Then you have your your choice of one appetizer. Well, there's only one. It's a garden salad. Now, I'm not sure that's going to be a a popular kid's choice. And you have your choice of two desserts. Yeah, Mommy, I want the salad. Really? 
uh, fruit salad or vanilla gelato sundae. I think that the appetizer, I think the menu's not printed right. Because when you look at the pictures, there's a fruit salad, there's a garden salad up here, and then there's some other thing like in the picture like below. A vegetable medley or something. Yeah, so I think their appetizer might be. They should do those little grilled cheese sandwiches for the kids. The kids will lose their minds. And I know That's it's goat cheese. That's not an appetizer. Not with the goat cheese. Yeah, yeah. Mommy, I, mommy, I want goat cheese. <laughs> well, the thing is, again, no. if you don't call it a goat cheese sandwich, the kids won't know. because no, it tastes taste like, it. <laughs> this tastes gross. Tastes like yeah, goat. that's that's it. This doesn't taste right. Well, I mean, mommy, I think, this tastes like daddy's sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what you've got, they've got to really do is look at, you know, more chicken fingers and chicken tenders and that type of thing for for the kids. Sustainable yeah, chicken it tenders. Really don't sound too bad, but the you know just the salad. Yeah. Agreed. I'm sorry, but I wouldn't want my kid eating nachos for dinner. Hello. But they come with green apple, celery, and carrots. <laughs> what kid eats celery? Tell me. The same ones that ordered the salad. <laughs> well, actually, you know, in all honesty, I've got to say that my, my five-year-old niece, Bridget, is like addicted to vegetables. She loves vegetables. She has an exceptional mother. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I think, there are, I think there are some kids out there that are maybe not so hateful towards vegetables. I know, most, I, know I wasn't. I, I hate I vegetables. Dude, I hate vegetables now. I'm 43. There's also a huge drink menu, and they have things like uh, or antioxidant cocktails. They have organic vodka. Uh, okay, there's a point. <laughs> no, really. I mean, it's some there's an organic beer list, too. There is. There's an organic beer list. So they have non-alcoholic specials. Excuse me. I'll start that one again. Non-alcoholic specialties like Mega Berry Smoothies and Pirate Punch, Supercharged Tropical Smoothie. I want a chocolate milkshake. They have chocolate milkshakes, too. So <laughs> for every uh, health food option, they have chocolate milkshakes. You know, there, there's something there. Uh, my opinion is this is a nice addition. It's, the, uh, it's one of those places. It's one of those places I would go back to. I thought the food was terrific. Uh, sounds like a, a, rave, a rave review. Yeah. A rave for the wave. My, I say give it a shot. And if it's not the kind of restaurant for you, well, there are lots of places and that if, are not and, the kind of restaurant. And if you're for me. really that concerned, go for lunch. It's a little less expensive, and give it a shot. But yeah, at least take the risk. And the lunch menu has a little more um, run-of-the-mill, you know, things you might recognize on it than the dinner menu. So give that the, the try first. All right, awesome. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. Appreciate that. And uh, that is actually going to do it for us this week. Before we close the show, a couple things I. Want to let everybody know our July first show. We're going to have a special guest, Miss Jane Cartelli from Gifts of a Lifetime, wow. is going to be joining us. We haven't seen Jane in a long time. If you're not familiar with Gifts of a Lifetime, Jane started a really, really unique business. It's got to be at least ten years now that she's been doing this, where she does these special events for people. Um, you know, we get all these questions all the time. This is what made me think of her. We constantly get these questions about: I have a special anniversary, a special birthday. I want to do something different. And, you know, we were, we were always struggling to come up with an idea, and then uh, it just kind of dawned on me, like, oh, duh. Yeah, Jane Cartelli, she's been doing this stuff for years. So she's going to be here in uh, our July 1st show and uh, talk about some of the unique uh, events she has done, tell us a little bit more about Gifts of a Lifetime. You can find out more about them at giftsofalifetime.com. And uh, in next week's show, our very own Will Perry is going to have his first segment, his first segment on the show, going to be talking about the Richard Petty driving experience, fun, which 
I'll tell you, it's really cute. You talk to him about it, his face just lights up. It is really cool. Um, it made his hair stand on end today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very, uh, very, Will's all spiky today. He's got a whole spiky thing going on. As opposed to me, the mad scientist. <laughs> and my hair is like, I'm, I've got to get my hair cut in the worst way. And we have convertible hair, so. Yeah, well, I'm doing the, uh, I'm, I'm going for the whole Howard Hughes look. Um, as long so. as it's not a button hat. <laughs> So that wasn't Max walking across the floor. That was your toenails. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, all right. That's, uh, that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Uh, thanks very much for listening. We will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have a great week. <laughs>